Hey everybody, welcome to Rust Belt Startup. Uh, I'm your host, Ryan Miller, and this is normally a show that has long-form conversations with educators and artists and entrepreneurs, um, people that are living unconventional lives in unconventional locations. Um, and I've been doing more of these kind of short monologue type things, and and uh, and I want to have an I want to have an interview uh, for you guys today. And it, you know, it just nothing nothing seems like. Uh, um, uh, like it's the right thing to do, right? There's like, there's just more important voices that need to be heard and, and more important, um, issues that need to be talked about. I think you can make the case that right now we're all living, uh, an unconventional life in multiple unconventional locations. One of the things I've been trying to do a lot of lately over the last few weeks, especially is to try to read more and listen more without speaking, uh, because, my voice is is not what matters right now, and uh, I mean, uh, the events of the last few weeks have have been uh, really occupying a lot of uh, my mental space, as it should. You know, the the, the death of George Floyd and, and Breonna Taylor, Ahmed Arbery, all all of all of um, all the folks that have been um, murdered. Uh, there's no other way to say it, right? Um, and just the the outpouring of anger and rage and grief um, has been pretty has been pretty overwhelming. My wife and I've been talking a lot about it lately, kind of, you know, how we've benefited from this system of, of institutional racism and, and, um, what's our part in fixing it? What, you know, what do we do? How do we do it? Um, how do we talk to our, our kids? Um, you know, and then stepping back and thinking about living in a small city like Utica, New York, what can we do and, and how can, um, we help to make effective change in a small city? How can a small city, you know, lead the way? The thought of uh, something terrible happening or unjust happening to me as a function of the color of my skin is just something that I haven't had to think about before. And that is, that's privilege. You know, I, we've experienced it in every aspect of our life and of our lives. And, um, you know, I, I think part of this is, is just really trying to be more aware of it and, and working in small ways and big ways to add your voice and, and, and our actions to, to change things. You know, and I think a lot of, a lot of this comes down to this idea of, of, of empathy. And sometimes it's been, it, I shouldn't say sometimes, this has been incredibly frustrating too. How, how do you get people around the country to, to care about people that are not like them? How do you get how do you get them to, to empathize with 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 others? Because so much, you know, action and potential rests in in empathy. And how do we how do we get people to care? Care more, you know, and because because when you're affected, you care. Pe- people in positions of power become believers in gun control if they've experienced gun violence, right? Politicians have evolved 
on gay marriage when it's their kid. And we do it on a micro level too, all, you know, from everything from the, the boards that we serve on, the, the causes that we give to, how we, how we spend our time. We're, we're affected by the things that affect us. And so the challenge, you know, it's something we all need to work on, including myself, is really deploying empathy, stretching that, that bubble more, stretching and reaching and, and listening more and, and, and just not just hearing but listening and, and caring. You know, we've also, I've also been reading about and seeing dozens and dozens of, of meaningful actions that have, that have come out through policy and art and legislation, public shaming and solidarity. You know, a recent big one, I think, for us uh, was the repeal of 50A in New York, which which unseals police uh, misconduct records. And, you know, this was, there are a lot of things that looked big, that once looked big and that were small. And that legislation, like other policies, have moved so quickly, and it's just because people decided it was time to change those things. Critical mass became very apparent very quickly. And something, you know, even Minneapolis consi- uh, uh, moving towards defunding, uh, redirecting funds uh, away from the police department, kind of wiping the slate clean, that was probably unthinkable. And it happens within a week. And it's because of this critical mass. It's inspiring. But it's it's a start. But I think that, you know, the important thing when I'm thinking about um, a lot of these things is, is it is a start. We just need to start to wait for this silver bullet is going to be a mistake. I, I heard someone um, arguing against um, uh, the repeal of 50A in New York uh, today on the radio, you know, just talking about how it's an imperfect solution and so much more needs to be done. Well, no shit, but it's a start. What my hope is, I guess, is that we, and by we, I mean we, however, however you want to define we, a, a small community, a big city, uh, a state, the country, We need to try things. We need to invent. We need to iterate. We just need to start somewhere. Even if it's imperfect, we need to start. We've been hearing about holding corporations accountable. Yes, I agree with that. I love that corporations have been tweeting out and posting, um, you know, in solidarity with Black Lives Matter and protesters. So the next step is, as I saw on Twitter, um, a young woman said, that's wonderful. I'm glad that you care. Why don't you show us a picture of your executive team and your board? Let's see what they look like. Let's see Let's see how you actually uh, are going to integrate action into those words. Yes, we should hold corporations and organizations accountable. Should we defund the police? And, and uh, I shouldn't say defund. We Yeah, I should say defund, right? Or redirect funds towards other services. Yes, you know what? We should try this. Communities across the country should try this. We should work together to see what works and what doesn't. So much of this, I think, just stems from this idea of safety. And safety is another thing that I just haven't had to think about because of of this privilege, you know? This idea of so much of our decision-making starts with safety, however you define that. And if, and if, if you are, if you are, uh, black, if you are brown, and you do not feel safe in your community, and if you don't feel safe as a byproduct of previous interactions with police, if you don't feel safe walking the streets or going for a jog, if you don't feel safe in your community, then I don't know how we start with something else. Safety is such a basic need that we have. We need to start with safety. 
It has to be a priority. You know, when I think about small cities, towns and villages, the thing that's overwhelming and also I think inspiring is that we need to we need to we need to work on it all. We need to look at big systemic systematic changes. And we also need to look at small everyday pressures at the same time these things need to happen in parallel. And if you think about wherever you're listening to this from, if you're in 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 upstate New York, wherever you are, especially if you're in a small city, a small town, to, to step back and look at, okay, realistically, how many people does it take to make change? Whether that's, uh, you know, on a micro level where policy is made. Is that a school board? Is that a, a village board? Is, is that uh, uh, on a mayoral level? Is that a council person? How many people do you need to get elected? How many people do you need to reach critical mass to make real change happen? It doesn't mean it's easy. But I'm also going to bet that it's not in the tens of thousands of people. And we need to look at data. We need to look at tools. How can we be faster and smarter and make better decisions? And I think it's, it's reasonable to ask every candidate, whether you're running for a school board position, a mayoral position, a council position, where do you stand on some of these larger issues? They make a difference. If you're setting policy around law enforcement, if you're setting policy around zoning, if you're setting policy around school districts, where do you stand on these issues? What is your plan? What are you going to do? And how does race, inequality, and, and justice factor into the, the decisions that need to be made to make this a better place for everyone to live? And, and, a, and a few weeks ago, before this all started, I, I started um, uh, participating in a, in a course from Acumen. Um, and the, the, it's an online course and it's called the path of moral leadership, and it's it's really around um, how do you how can we uh, create moral companies and businesses, and uh, and create moral communities and systems. Um, and it's it's been it's been good. I've been in it for a couple of weeks, and and have gotten to have conversations uh, with people from around the world that are making strides in their own towns and countries. And that was incredibly inspiring to see and to meet people, even on a small, quick level. You know that you're not alone. And there are people that can act as pacers. You know, it's like when you're running a race, you can run faster if you're running with somebody. To know someone's out there pushing you a little bit can help make you run faster. And, you know, for me to, to, to be able to especially be tuned in now more than, than normal to activists and organizers, uh, not just in, in our community or around the country, but around the world, is incredibly inspiring. And for me, it, it acts as, as, a, as a pacer. You know, there are people that are doing really good things, which means I can do more, I can go faster. And so much of the, 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 the key to the change and the, and the progress that's been made over the past couple of weeks has really been about bringing people out, connecting with people that are different. And it's evident that we can create change when it is demanded. So in this, in the, this week, in that, in that Acumen course, uh, there was a conversation around storytellers and story changers. 
And I think maybe that's what I'll, what I'll leave with, you know. I think we have to be storytellers, but we also have to be story changers. And these are some of the questions. This was um, um, one of the questions of the, of the prompts this week that was, uh, that was given to us. Who in your life is not being heard? And who can you make a commitment to listen to? And this can be an individual. This can be a group of people. And why is it important that you do a better job of listening? Thank you guys for listening to me. And, uh, and my hope is that every single person that hears this and beyond, um, we get out there and become story changers. Through our voices, through our actions, by marching, by yelling, by writing, by sharing, and by listening. We'll see you next time.